Before we get started with the episode, here is a quick spoiler warning from Emilio. Yeah, I do want to say that if you have never seen this movie and you want to go in kind of blindly, definitely do that. Come back and listen to this because this is a huge, huge turning point for the film and the story as a whole. So um, that's your warning. There's something about him I feel like it's me I'm looking right at him He's literally me (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host, Joseph. And I'm your co-host, Emilio. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode. I just want to start off with asking Emilio, Emilio, how you doing? I'm doing well. I have um, some brand new AirPods on for this episode, so I really can't differentiate how loud I'm speaking but the sound quality is amazing shout out Apple sponsor us yeah I've I've turned into like a devout Apple believer like I used to have an Android and then I slowly got an iPhone and then I got uh, AirPods and now I have a MacBook Pro and I fucking I love it so much I think it's awesome <laughs> but why, why'd you get <laughs> AirPods how'd that happen um, I had two wired headphones for a long time. Um, I was at the gym and one of the weights crushed one. Fuck. And um, the other ones, I would always forget that they were in my short pocket. Mm-hmm. And I would run them through the washer and they just mm-hmm. slowly started getting really fucked up. Like I'd, I'd be working out. And then all of a sudden my headphones would shoot up to maximum volume Mm -hmm. and I would have to like manually grab my phone and lower it. And then I have a pair of Bluetooth headphones that crapped out on me. So then I just, I just said, fuck it. And I bought these. I feel, I honestly do feel better than 99% of the population now though. (laughs) This officially makes Emilio part of the 1%. <laughs> I got a podcast, I got Mac products, or I got Apple products. Speaking of 1%, we're like maybe the 1% of people who have seen this next movie that we're going to talk about. Yeah, that's I, true. I've, I've never heard of this movie before. Uh, we're tackling today Stay. Released in 2006, right? 2006? 2005. Um, 2005, thank you. Um, yeah, Emilio, tell me, what are your like general thoughts? Uh, how did you first see this movie? So I used to watch a lot of movie reviews and movie like film essays on YouTube. And this one guy that I would semi-frequently watch, he did... Kind of like, I mean, video essays. He started doing a video essay on Drive, and I watched his. His name's like Chris Stuckman. Um, but I watched his 
episode of Drive than I watched one of his episodes for Stay. And I had never seen the movie, but I basically got like a breakdown of everything that happens through the movie. So the ending was kind of spoiled for me coming into this. But that's honestly the only way I heard about this movie was from like some YouTuber. Yeah, like uh, I've never heard of this movie ever, but I think when we were talking about it, you mentioned something about there being a twist ending or maybe just from watching it, you get the feeling that at the end there's going to be a big ass reveal. Um, This made me think of like M. Night Shyamalan and like a bunch of movies that have big ass twist endings at the end. Um, So I wanted to ask you, like, what are your favorite movies that left you like super shocked with a twist ending. One of them that I do really like that kind of does get some hate is the village. Yeah. I thought that was a really good twist. Um, even though the movie was kind of meh, that twist was pretty insane. Um, eh, it's not necessarily like a crazy twist, but in the place beyond the pines, when Ryan Gosling dies 20 minutes into the movie, that was pretty, that was a pretty crazy twist. I think that's a big twist, yeah. (laughs) What a twist. Yeah, I always think of fucking Robot Chicken, too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I always think about my favorite movie for a long time, which is like, I guess it'd be problematic for for men to to classify this as your favorite movie, but Fight Club, um, the twist ending in that, luckily, somehow wasn't ruined for me when I watched it when I was like a a teen, and I thought that was like the most profound shit ever. Um, I also think about... um, freaking signs the twist ending i guess i don't know if you can really categorize it as a twist ending but just that the the aliens or i don't want to spoil it for anyone but i will um that the aliens are (laughs) uh like uh, water is corrosive towards them like that was a big twist um so going into this movie like i wanted to like it but at the same time it felt as if someone greenlit this movie because it has a twist ending and they were like, we got to keep up with like M night Shyamalan. Everyone loves those fucking movies with twist endings. So let's make one real quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are your like general thoughts of the movie? Like what, what is it? Do you like this movie or do you not like it? What do you feel? You, you know what? I actually really do. The one thing that stands out to me a lot is the editing and yeah, the yeah. Um, transitions uh, between sequences um, I actually haven't seen transitions like that in a long time, which kind of does show that this movie is kind of like aged a little bit, but also I think it also kind of shows how there's like a lack of creativity now sometimes when it comes to sure. yeah. film uh, filmmaking, but the editing was, yeah, the editing was great, especially once you get to the end and you realize like what exactly is going on throughout the movie, I think that really tied in really well. Um, also like, it's kind of crazy that cause even the posters of this film make it look like some type of thriller or yeah. some type of like murder mystery. It kind of reminds me of like, um, seven, like the way the posters are set yeah. up for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like it got such a low score or just no um audience in general because it could have been like uh marketed the wrong way. The way you look at the trailer and how you look at the posters, you think something completely different from what it really is. 
Yeah, I felt as if the, like, uh, I was looking at the director's work, thinking that I was going to find someone who maybe didn't do much after this, but the guy's name is uh, Mark uh, Forster, and he's done a shitload of movies, especially big movies. He did uh, World War Z. Mm -hmm. Uh, More recently, he did uh, A Man Called Otto with Tom Hanks, which I think bombed in the movie theaters but still it was like a big ass budget he did a stranger than fiction with will ferrell which i think is a fucking fantastic movie oh yeah he did, a uh, good movie. fucking monsters ball with with uh halle berry he did the kite runner and he also did quantum solace the fucking 007 movie so he has a he fucking knows what he's doing um but i think yeah. you're right in bringing up that this movie probably wouldn't have been made today because it's so fucking like weird and strange. And we live in an age of like, everyone wants to make something that will have spinoffs and sequels. And this is just truly a standalone crazy fucking movie. Um, so yeah, I want to ask you next, do you have a synopsis ready for us? Yes, I do. So Sam Foster played by Ewan McGregor, a psychiatrist has a new patient, Henry Lethem, played by Ryan Gosling, who claims to be suicidal. In trying to diagnose him, Sam visits Henry's prior therapist and also finds Henry's mother, even though Henry has said that he murdered both of his parents. As reality starts to contradict fact, Sam spirals into an unstable mental state. Then he finds a clue as to how and when Henry may try to kill himself and races to try to stop him. Yeah, this is a very spooky movie. It's like a spooky ghost story. So we're continuing with our spooky theme for October. Um, I like that the opening, I think this is the first 20th century, uh, 20th century Fox logo that we've seen in a movie. Um, I have a lot of like nostalgia attached to that opening like logo. And mm-hmm. then also we see a Regency logo too. And that's also a really cool uh, logo that I always associate with... Um, I think it's Rush Hour. I always I saw Rush Hour like a billion times when I was a kid, so I always <laughs> think about that movie. Uh, but we open up on a shot of uh, Ryan Gosling. He's sitting in the middle of a bridge, and right behind him is a car that has just crashed and is like, it's just like it, it exploded, so it's on fire. Um, what did you think of Ryan Gosling's look? Because as soon as I saw him pop up in the first frame, I was like, holy shit, he is young as fuck in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, he also looks really emo. <laughs> super, super emo. Yeah, like, like, um, kind of reminds me of when you're going through a phase, and then like your mom walks in and you're like, "It's not a phase. It's not a phase, mom." Like, I that's like the vibe I get from him. He just looks like sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah, I like his look a lot. He's wearing like um. It's funny how like fashion comes back because like what he's wearing doesn't look too aged at all. It looks like cool shit that teens would wear now. Um, mm-hmm. And even his look too is like long hair his like emo type look. He looks super like of the time now. But um, yeah. we cut to uh, Dr. Sam. Uh, a lot of like things that are, are crazy about this movie is that it feels like a fucking fever dream. Um, they never like cut to a different scene it's always like continuous shots that meld into another scene um so from from henry he like his face molds into dr sam's and then we're transported into dr sam's house and dr sam is played by ewan mcgregor 
um, in general, what do you feel about Ewan McGregor? Like, what do you like about him? What movies do you like that you've seen him in? Oh, dude, I honestly, I really like Ewan McGregor. Um, it, it honestly has to do a lot with Star Wars, obviously. Yeah. Like playing Obi-Wan, but, um, even like other stuff that he's done, he, he does, he kind of has like this pretty wild, um, filmography. I mean, he's done like all the star, most of the Star Wars, uh, films, um, train spotting, which is a fantastic movie. Uh, like a, like a kind of action movie produced by Michael Bay, the Island. I don't know if you ever caught that one. Yeah. Yeah, that one's great. Yeah, too. yeah, he has a, and he also loves motorcycles, and I do too. So maybe I'm literally him in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe from this one we can pivot to you and McGregor. I I fucking love him too. I think he's awesome. The first movie I saw him in, him in was uh, Train Spotting. I remember mm-hmm. being like, maybe like eleven or twelve, and my oldest brother telling me like, "We got to watch this movie. There's like a crazy like baby scene in it or something." <laughs> But yeah, I think he's fucking cool. Uh, We see that Dr. Sam is a psychiatrist and he has a relationship with a woman named Leela. And Leela's played by Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts, I first saw saw her in King Kong, uh, the remake with Jack Black. And I thought, I remember watching it as a kid and being like, this is fucking boring. (laughs) But I guess it's good. I don't. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but I remember being a kid and being like, "God, this is so fucking boring." <laughs> what do you think? I love that movie. I mean, I'm like a big like Godzilla head and like just monsters in general. Mm-hmm. So maybe I wasn't even paying attention to the story. Maybe I was just more like, "Oh, big ape, me like." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Fucking yeah!" Man. I mean, I love freaking um. Oh God! What the fuck? I just—I was just gonna say that I love the director and I forgot his name. What's his name? Oh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Yeah, he's fantastic. And Naomi Watts is awesome. I love her in The Ring. She's so fucking yeah. good in The Ring, and she has such a good filmography. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen King Kong in forever. Maybe we'll revisit it somehow for this podcast. <laughs> but big, um, do you, big monkey movies. A big monkey movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to walk us through Dr. Sam and Henry meeting for the first time? Yeah. So um, Henry is going to his normal, um, I guess it's a semi-weekly visit to see a psychiatrist or his therapist. And when he walks into the office, Sam is there and Henry is very taken aback and he begins to kind of dickishly question Sam. Um, I was kind of thrown yeah. off by that, but, um, I mean, I guess like once you kind of see more of his character, you kind of get like, he is kind of like an angsty, anxious person. Um, he's a little emo kid. Yeah. He's a little emo kid. Who, what the fuck are you doing in my room? Um, <laughs> fuck you, mom. <laughs> yeah he is he is a dick he uh he says right off the bat to dr sam he says what are you like a substitute shrink or something like he's pissed off yeah his normal shrink isn't there that's kind of funny how that i feel like that's what a teenager would tell you like if you were to walk into a classroom can you picture a kid telling you that what are you the substitute and you're just like yeah <laughs> i don't know i feel like uh a lot of my 
I don't know. There's something about the school I work at that the kids are really fucking respectful. So if someone did that, I think I would be thrown aback or like maybe cry in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn. You must have some good kids there. Uh, yeah. So um, Sam is, or sorry, uh, Sam is also taken aback by Henry. Um, he tries to sit him down, basically like get to know him. And Henry's still very standoffish with him. And he does say something pretty interesting where he says, like, I have to get out of here before it starts to hail. Mm -hmm. And um, Sam is telling him, what hail? Like, it's not going to hail. Like, it's going to be sunny all day. And then we cut to the next scene where Sam meets up with his uh, girlfriend, Lila. And they begin just kind of talking about their day so far. And then it starts to hail. So... Mm -hmm. Sam is obviously confused, but they both take off um, to avoid the hail. It's kind of crazy how all these little weird nuances throughout the film ultimately all come back in the end, which yeah. is something that I it, thought was really cool about it. They all get called back. And then also like from this initial scene of Dr. Sam and Henry meeting, we see another one of these like transitions to the next scene where it's like continuous because uh, Henry says like, I got to go because it's going to start hailing. And then we like pan over to the uh, window and outside we see that it's sunny. So we were left with like, shit, Henry's an idiot. How can it hail when it's sunny outside? And we mm -hmm. see two people on a bench and then we zoom in on these people from the same scene and we see that it's Dr. Sam talking to Lila. And it's just like a constant like fever dream mind fuck. Like there was a few times in the movie where I was writing something down to take notes and then I look up and I'm like, what the what the fuck just happened? Like how are we at this yeah. this point now? <laughs> it happened so yeah. fast. Even uh, immediately after this scene where it starts to hail, um the hail transitions into a um a uh, uh fuck what's the word? It transitions into the POV of someone driving a car and they're looking yeah. out through the windshield and the hail is kind of morphed into like these little speckles of rain. And then from there, the, some, the person driving the car is looking at a woman and then that transitions into um, Ryan Gosling on the subway and he's smoking a cigarette. Mm -hmm. There's so many of these transitions. It's literally every time the sequence changes, we get this crazy ass transition, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's really creative. Um, one thing I was thinking about was how in high school, we would see trippy shit. And the first thing we would always say when we'd see trippy shit would be like, imagine if you were watching this, but you were fucking high and be like, oh, shit, dude, that was crazy. That would be crazy. And th that's what this movie made me think about. Not that that's a bad thing, but that was the first thing that came to mind. Transported you back to high school and you looked at Caro and you're like, fuck, imagine if we were high right now. <laughs> dude, that monkey's so big. Imagine if we were high right now. <laughs> Wait, where the fuck is King Kong at? I know Naomi Watts is in this movie. <laughs> but where the fuck's that big monkey? <laughs> so from <laughs> so we cut to the next scene and we see that um, Dr. Sam constantly has a um, a engagement ring. He's like fiddling with this or he's playing with this like engagement ring all the time. 
and we see that uh, this will come back into play at the very end of the movie. But Henry rushes in for like an emergency session. Um, Henry reveals that he's going to kill himself on his 21st birthday and his 21st birthday. Oh, well, actually, sorry. It's not revealed yet that it's his 21st birthday, but he's going to kill himself in three days. Um, and he immediately like rushes out the fucking <laughs> building as soon as he announces yeah. it. So this sets off Dr. Sam on this like fucking wild goose chase trying to catch up to Henry before he kills himself on Saturday. Um, what did you think of Ryan Gosling's performance in these initial scenes? Do you think he's playing his typical self or is this something like new that we haven't seen before? Honestly, dude, not at all. Um, and I think it's so telling like how quickly I guess actors can get typecast in a sense or like once they have yeah. a few roles to where this is how you expect them to be, you kind of see you you can kind of see the same things throughout it because I feel like as we're going through these early films in his uh, career that he takes a lot of leaps and he takes a yeah. lot of different um uh, roles like this one Lars and the Real Girl um just drastically different people that are not in no way who he plays now. Except maybe for like a standout few. Yeah. I think that the notebook really set him up to be this like heartthrob person. And I looked up when that came out thinking that Stay came out before it. But Stay actually came out the year after the notebook. So I can only imagine people going to the movie theater thinking like, let's go watch this movie. Fucking Ryan Gosling from the notebooks in it. And then coming out being like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? Why is he an emo dweeb? <laughs> he didn't He's take his hot. shirt off yeah <laughs> i don't want to fuck him what the fuck <laughs> yeah. it's more like annoying than anything <laughs> yeah so from the scene we see that uh sam goes back home and it's revealed that his uh girlfriend uh, lila tried to uh, kill herself um and she was luckily rescued by dr sam but now she is taking a anti-anxiety uh, medicine called clonopin. Um, I was watching this movie with Garo, and what's nice about watching any movie with Garo having her medical background is like anytime there's a drug or some type of like medical procedure done, I just turn to her and be like, "What's that?" or like, "Or is that <laughs> accurate?" And immediately I turn to her, "What the hell's clonopin?" She's like, "Oh, it's like Xanax. It's for anxiety." <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, do you want to walk us through the next scene where Sam confronts Henry at like a, at a school lecture outside of it? Yeah. So um, there's that's also like something else that's very nuanced. If you don't kind of take, I guess you kind of have to like approach this film with very open eyes mm -hmm. and definitely um, pick up on things that are nuanced or things that are hinted at because uh, he's getting this lecture and he's in an art class and Henry eventually I'm assuming gets bored or he just gets fed up and he gets up and leaves but no one notices him leaving like no one yeah. tries to stop him no one looks at him and he goes outside and he runs into um, Sam who has been I guess basically following him 
um, for the most part. But I guess as a psychiatrist, you kind of have to if you believe that one of your patients is suicidal, or at least you have to kind of keep a constant watch on them. I think um, what they have to do is like they have to call a uh, uh, fuck. I forgot the number. Is it fifty one fifty or something like that? Where you have to like call the police and have them restrained and committed immediately. So like I was I was taken aback of like this guy just said he wanted to kill himself. Like why didn't fucking Sam call the police immediately or something like that? Yeah, um, there was a scene prior to this where he tells a. Uh, one of his colleagues, one of his work colleagues at mm-hmm. a mental institute that he feels like um, he should give some type of warning. But even his colleague says, well, if he plans to do this in three days, we take him in today. By that time, he's going to be out anyway by this day. So that's true, yeah. at this point, that's where Sam kind of takes it upon himself to follow him. But uh, so he confronts him outside of the class and he asked Sam, oh, is it any of this art yours? And then uh, Henry is like, God, no. Like, yeah, th- this art sucks. very like Ryan, Ryan Gosling-esque. <laughs> He's like, ouch. He's like, what? Yeah. He's like, this art sucks. Like, you think this is mine? Yeah, but then uh, he, he also brings up a kind of a, a cool quote in that uh, bad art is more tragic I'm kind of butchering it, but something along the lines of like bad art is more tragic in the sense of like you can see human fault. So you, he is, he does come off as like a smart guy. Like he knows a lot about art. And then he brings up an artist that he really likes whose name is, I actually wrote it down. Um, Tristan Rouvois. It's French. So my French is not great. I don't speak French. So don't come after me. But uh, yeah, so the artist's first name is Tristan. We can go with that. Nice. We have um, actually one French listener. So if you get mad and want to not listen to the show anymore, we understand. <laughs> or you can leave a comment or review on this episode and tell us how to correctly pronounce it. Or you can that, follow us on TikTok at literally him and send us a message. That's true. Um, but yeah, after this, uh, he confronts him again about the fact that um, uh, Henry wants to kill himself. And from this point, it they're like talking in front of, uh, or they're talking like in the building. And he starts to bring up, uh, or no, Sam starts to bring up Henry's girlfriend. And then yeah. Henry is taken aback and he's like, you know about that? And then he reveals that he doesn't have a girlfriend, but he has a woman in his life that he is somewhat obsessed with. And it's a woman that works at a diner who always gives him a cup of coffee. And he mentions that he he plans to propose to her. At this point, Henry confronts Sam and asks him if he stole his his, uh, ring that he was going to propose to her with. Because he mentions like, oh, um, the girl I'm talking about looks a lot like your girl. And he says, no, like I promised that I didn't take your ring or I didn't take your girl. And but like the crazy thing about this is that as a psych as like someone psychiatrist, I would be a little concerned about how my patient knows that. Yeah, he kind of he kind of like doesn't pay any mind to it. 
I think like at in this moment when I saw that interaction of Henry accusing Sam of stealing his wet his uh, engagement ring, I thought like, oh, I guess maybe Henry suffers from like hallucinations or like schizophrenia or something because he is making up these scenarios in his head. Like maybe he saw the the wedding ring earlier and just, and then thought in his head like, well, that one's mine. He maybe stole it or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's all very strange. And like, there are so many strange things that happen in the movie that there are certain points where it starts to take me out. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't get it. What's going on? What the fuck is going on? So that was one moment yeah. where I was like, okay, what the fuck? Yeah. And then um, immediately after this one, it, it does that transition again to where he's looking into a, a manatee exhibit at an aquarium. Yeah. And then yes. behind him, and behind them, there's like two old people and they say something along the lines of like, oh, he's not going to make it. And then it transitions again from the like hit, uh, Henry's POV of the manatee exhibit to um, Sam's apartment building. <laughs> like It's just so <laughs> crazy. It, like it looks like you're traveling underwater and then you cut to yeah. the apartment. It's very crazy. Uh, also, Henry drops at the uh in this moment that his parents are dead he claims that they're both dead um and also we see like every now and again we'll see like snippets of henry driving with this woman who gives him coffee we later learn that her name is athena and she is played by this actor called elizabeth uh, riser and she's in haunting of hill house and she's also in um gray's anatomy which uh, me and God are rewatching right now. So when we saw her, we're like, "Oh fuck, she's in Grey's Anatomy." <laughs> but um, and then um, we cut to Henry playing chess with like a mentor, someone he like works with. I guess they don't really establish who he is, but his name's Leon, and Leon is blind. So Henry walks into the room unannounced to talk to Sam, and Leon is there, and Leon introduces himself, and immediately upon introducing himself, Henry freaks the fuck out like he is shaking in the corner acting as if he's seeing a ghost and he and leon leaves and henry tells sam that's my dad like how the fuck do you know my dad he's freaking out um they say the f word a lot in this movie and i was not expecting that (laughs) yeah yeah uh what did you ryan gosling definitely drops a lot of f-bombs right here um, and I don't know if this movie needed to be rated R. Like maybe if they said fuck just once, it would have gotten a PG-13 rating. But like it's definitely because of the cursing because there's no sex scenes. There's no nudity. It's just because of all the times they say fuck that I got an R rating. <laughs> but what did you think yeah. of the scene in general? Um, I'll be honest. So when I first saw his reaction to uh, Leon, I thought he was going to say like some fucked up shit. <laughs> Like, I thought he was just going to be like an asshole and just mention something like make a joke like you're playing chess with a blind man or something like that. And then I was just totally thrown aback by once he started freaking out and saying, like, oh, that's my dad. Um, It's honestly a really great performance, specifically at this point by Ryan Gosling, because you can really get that sense of that. um, He is in shock and he's scared and confused. And Sam continues to tell him like, that's not your father. Like that's um, Leon. He's a doctor here and he gets pissed off. He says, you don't think I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like all of this is a fucking lie. 
Like none of this, none of this is real. Like none of this makes sense. And Sam's trying to still play like that role of the psychiatrist and trying to like, well, tell me what it means. Tell me like what's going on. And Henry's just having a hard time figuring out what exactly is going on. And then this is kind of where it begins to cut into different, um, really weird visuals because then it cuts to a visual of Athena, uh, a few times. And then they begin to like run down a flight of stairs, but they're blue and it feels like they're continuously going down this flight of stairs. And then it transitions to, um, Sam with a group of people, or I guess a group of doctors and they go to Henry's apartment and they're trying to, uh, get him into some type of psychiatric hold because um, the day is getting closer where he declared that he was going to um, kill himself. And they go to his apartment and he kind of lives like a hermit. Like his, he has a mattress on the floor. Everything's all boarded up and he wrote all over the walls, forgive me. And that's all you see throughout all the walls of his apartment. They also discover a bullet shells and casings so they know that he has a gun mm-hmm. man ryan gosling gets he, he has so many movies where he has a gun <laughs> if you notice that <laughs> yeah he does he likes his guns <laughs> <laughs> so um there dude so like another comparison to this movie that um that i thought of was like the matrix i think just because it's so like uh, abstract and there's a lot of like green tones to it that are reminding me of the Matrix. But also, at this point in the movie, I was being annoying and telling God all my predictions and shit, as I like to do. And I was thinking that it was going to be like a ripoff of Fight Club and of uh, The Sixth Sense, um, which is another fucking crazy twist movie that we forgot to mention. Um, but like, I <laughs> thought that it was going to turn out that Henry is actually Sam. And that uh, Lila is actually was dead the whole time because if you notice, Lila never interacts with anyone else besides Sam. Like that's the only person that she talks to throughout the whole movie. So I was thinking, like, well, maybe she's dead like the whole time or something. But I was so fucking lost at this point in the movie. Do you remember how you were <laughs> feeling watching it at this point? Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily like not super lost. But it was more just like, why are these continuous things happening? Like, why is it going so back and forth? Like, why why are things like repeating itself? And I mean, I did watch an essay about this movie before, but I honestly never really saw how this movie plays it out. So yeah. there was a lot of points to where I, I was like genuinely confused, but I was saying to myself like, ah, like it'll kind of come back to, to, to the, um, to the resolution, like what, what exactly is going on. But then, yeah, there'd be like some parts where I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this movie? <laughs> it definitely oh. like really fucks with you. One, one moment that made me laugh out loud was, um, we cut to a really brief scene of Henry standing in front front of like a water fountain in the park. 
and there's a random kid and his mom that keep popping up throughout the movie at random points. And this kid turns to Henry, points at him, and asks his mom, Mommy, is that guy going to die? Yeah. <laughs> and then the mom's just like, oh, you be quiet now. And like they run off. <laughs> yeah, like, shut up, you. <laughs> you can't say that it's to so strangers. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, it's just so jarring that that shit, like, sometimes just makes you laugh. Um we see in the next scene that Sam goes to a woman named, uh, named uh, Beth's apartment. I believe Beth was Henry's old psychologist, but I yeah. might have missed that point. And Beth tells uh, Sam, like, why don't you go find um, Henry's mom? And which is a big, like, uh, like little twist in the movie because you're assuming that Henry's mom is dead because Henry said so. And so fucking Sam ends up at Henry's mom's house. Her name is Mrs. L- uh, Letham. And Mrs. Letham is played by um, Kate Burden. And she plays another character in, uh, in fucking Grey's Anatomy. She plays uh, <laughs> uh, the main character's mom. And me and Kato were also freaking out in this point. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to walk us through this scene? The scene that's like such a fucking fever dream. Yeah, so even like when when uh Sam shows up to the house, the transition is like you can see from the camera angle they're in the city and then all of a sudden they're in like the suburbs of uh or like upper state New York. Yeah. And um and then you watch him get out of the taxi, but then immediately someone is walking up the steps to the house and it's Sam. Yeah. And then we're introduced to uh Mrs. Letham who says like, Oh, I've been waiting for you. And she invites him in and she begins to ask him like, are you hungry? And Sam's trying to tell her like, I need, I'm trying to find your son. Like, how do I contact your son? And she's like totally ignoring this. And we're introduced to Olive, which is this creepy ass dog (laughs) just sitting by himself in the middle of this room. And then she Mm -hmm. even mentions like, Oh, maybe he doesn't remember. Or maybe she doesn't remember you. And yeah. And like, even like at this point, too, like Sam isn't really like questioning a lot, but I guess he, he begins to try to go along with it to get some answers as to like where Henry is. And there's like a scene where he goes to uh, follow Mrs. Letham in the kitchen, and then he goes in the kitchen, she's gone. And then he walks out of the kitchen and then she's in the living room. And mm-hmm. she basically tells him, like, you don't think I'd recognize my own son? And she's confusing Sam with uh, Henry. And it begins to be revealed that she's telling Sam, like, it's okay. Like, um, you did nothing wrong. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I-, I forgive you. And he's trying to say, he's trying to figure out, like, what what did I do? And she says, like, oh, it's okay. Like, we don't have to worry about it. And you can see how Sam is trying to continue to get questions from Mrs. Letham. She begins to bleed out of her head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as we all do, uh, as we all do from time to time. <laughs> yeah. And then um, Sam begins to panic and he's like, we have to get you to a, to a hospital. And she be- continues to bleed from her head and she keeps saying, like, oh, it's okay it's okay. Like it's fine. And she, then she mentions something about his birthday 
And then Sam yeah. says, oh, what, what, what am I going to do on my 21st birthday? And then that's when, or actually that's when the bleeding starts to happen. That's where she starts to bleed out mm-hmm. of her head. And he begins to panic, trying to help her. And then the fucking dog comes out of nowhere <laughs> and bites <laughs> Sam's arm. <laughs> Dude, that shit. The, yeah, this was definitely... um. A fever dream for sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the the movie progressively gets more and more um, like crazy from here on out and like mind melding. Um, So we cut from here. Sam is now in a doctor's office, which looks like a fucking like submarine ship or something. Yeah, just just the just just the uh, set pieces now start to look fucking weird. And so the doctor patches him up and a detective comes to talk to him. And the detective tells him like, you were at Mrs. Lethem's house. Um, I went to high school with her. Um, and he's trying to ask questions of like, yeah, do you know how she like, uh, do you know her son and this and that? And the de- the detective reveals like, yeah, Mrs. Lethem died two months ago in a car accident. So the person you were talking to was not Mrs. Lethem. Uh, so I wrote down in my notes, spooky, because he was most likely talking to a ghost <laughs> or some shit. And I also yeah. wrote down, what the fuck am I watching? Because right here it is <laughs> it is super intense with like the fever dreamlike state that the movie goes in. Um, from this scene, we see Henry go into like a burlesque shop, like a porno shop. Mm-hmm. And he cries in the corner as like there's exotic dancers and yeah (laughs) and then um on the in the background on the a big screen they're showing clips of him as a kid like as a a child and he's looking at these women dancing he's looking back at this uh this slideshow of his life and then uh, a massive attack is playing in the background (laughs) that which is so funny because i listened to that uh, song the exact same song today this morning (laughs) But, so, um, like, what are we supposed to assume about the character Henry? Does like him reminiscing like get him horny or something? Like, why? Why is this happening? <laughs> it gets him horny and he begins to cry. <laughs> he cries and he's bricked up. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we cut again to a scene that was already played at the almost the very beginning of the movie. And it's these guys trying to get a piano into an apartment building. And then this kid falls and he goes, oh, my balloon. And then his balloon's gone. And then Sam starts to realize, like, wait, this happened already. Like, I've been in this exact same situation. Like, I'm having deja vu. And, yeah, this is really where everything kind of begins to, like, meld together. Because after this, he runs to his apartment or I guess his girlfriend's apartment. And then he goes in and out three times. Like, like the the scene plays out three consecutive times and he's beginning to question uh, what he believes to be real. I was really wondering at this point, like if people own this movie in DVD and were watching it for the first time, if they thought like my fucking disc is scratched. Cause like, yeah, it's just the scene repeating three fucking times. Like it is very weird. It is very strange. Um, so from the scene, we see that Sam and Henry kind of have like a one to one and they have a talk that ends up um, with Henry pulling a gun on Sam and telling him to fuck off and get out of his way. Um, I want to like kind of get to the ending because I want to make sure you're out at, a, at an appropriate time. So do you, yeah. is there any other scene that you want to point out or do you want to go straight to the ending 
Uh, yeah, one scene I do want to point out is um, the confrontation that uh, Henry has with his father. I thought that was a very well-acted scene, especially on a Bob Hoskins part. I think that guy is a fantastic actor. Yeah. But uh, he... Yeah, um, he's super so this, cool. Yeah, the, the scene is uh, Henry holding... I guess he kind of like sneaks into Leon's house and um, yeah, he just breaks in. Yeah. <laughs> and he begins to tell him like that he's sorry. And he grabs uh, Leon by the head and he asks him to look at him. And um, Leon, you can see his eyes that his eyes are contorted because he can't see. And then his eyes shift to, Henry and he can see and he right. can see Henry, but he doesn't necessarily still recognize him. He still doesn't recognize him as his son. Yeah. In this yeah. moment, I, I was like, what the fuck is he curing his blindness? And I wrote down in my notes, is Henry like supposed to be Jesus Christ or something? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Henry is God. <laughs> Um, so then we see from this, so getting to the final scene, cause like this movie is such a fucking crazy, like fever dream. Like, I think you guys should just watch it to appreciate every scene in it. So we get to our ending in the end, Sam is rushing towards, I believe it's the Brooklyn bridge. I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. good with my New York geography, but we're rushed back to where this movie started, where um, Henry is at the front of a car that's burning behind him. We see that Sam reaches Henry. Henry starts to like break down and cry. It's finally Saturday. It's his birthday. He's about to kill himself. And um, he ends up having this one-to-one. Uh, Henry tell, or Sam tells Henry something to the effect of like, when I first met you, I told you that we're living in the reality, but now I'm not sure. And Henry, Henry retorts something nice back like, no, like you are... Uh, you are real like you're the only thing that's real you're trying your best and you're trying to help me like you are a real person and um sam tries to stop henry from killing himself but henry shoves a gun in his fucking mouth which was crazy to see ryan gosling yeah. do that yeah that very was pretty jarring very very weird and he pulls the fucking trigger um, and then Emilio, do you want to walk us through the final reveal of this movie? Spoiler, spoiler alerts. If you don't want to know the ending, this is the ending. Yeah. Um, Even though I just said that Ryan Gosling shoots himself <laughs> in the mouth. <laughs> Now's the real spoiler. <laughs> um, yeah. I do want to say that if you have never seen this movie and you want to go in kind of blindly, definitely do that. Come back and listen to, this because this is a huge huge turning point for the film and the story as a whole so um that's your warning uh so basically something at the end and i'll put it at the front (laughs) as a warning um so it is revealed that sam or not sam uh henry is on the floor and he is severely injured he has a, a head injury and we cut to a glimpse of a car with Athena, who is Henry's girlfriend. She is hanging out of the car, the front of the car hood, lifeless. And Lila 
is coming to Henry's aid and he begins, she begins to ask if he's okay. She mentions that she's a nurse. And then Sam runs up and says that he's a doctor. So he makes sure that Lila is taking care of Henry. Sam goes to check on everyone else in the car and his girlfriend is dead. Uh, his mother and his father are all dead in the car. Mm-hmm. We cut back to, he runs back to Sam and he begins to ask him questions like, do you know who you are? Do you know where you're at? I'm going to check your pockets to make sure that so I can get your name. And he reaches into his pockets and he pulls out Henry's wallet and then a ring falls out. And this ring was going to be a ring that he was going to use to propose to Athena. And he hears this ring fall out and he asks if it's hailing which cuts to the very beginning of the movie when he says it looked like it looks like it's going to hail from this point on um I'll be honest like it was pretty tough to like watch just cuz it is pretty yeah. sad I mean obviously it's super sad it's it's also such a big fucking reveal too it's is so jarring yeah um he uh like henry begins to get upset and he says forgive me because he knows exactly i well not exactly but he knows pretty much what happened and um he is searching for the ring and then um sam gives him the ring and places it in his hand and then we kind of cut to all these people that are watching this unfold and all these people were insignificant roles throughout this movie and um you kind of begin to realize that the entire first three parts of the movie is henry's brain processing the fact that he's dying Mm -hmm. and that's why things seem so convoluted and thing and the editing's weird and everything's dreamlike and everything is like some scenes are, are jagged and things don't make sense. And it's because his brain is slowly, or I guess he's like slowly losing his life and his brain is trying to make sense of that to him. And there is a pretty, also a really sad moment where, uh, Henry's holding the ring in his hand and he asks Lila to marry him because he thinks it's Athena. And she says, yes, I'll marry you. Uh, There's also like key parts of dialogue here where the onlookers say, like he says, like one person says he's not going to make it. And that ties into when he's at the aquarium and this couple's looking at him. They say they're not going to, he's not going to make it. And uh, ultimately Henry passes away in Sam and Lila's hands, arms. We also have that annoying little boy who says, is that man going to die? It's revealed that he was an onlooker and he's still an annoying little boy, but still now it makes more sense why he said that. It's like, dude, read the fucking room, kid. (laughs) Hey, dumbass. Maybe you don't want to ask that fucking question right now. Idiot. (laughs) Yeah, like that's so... (laughs) That's like such little kid shit, but it's like, come on, dude, like, He's right there. Shut up. <laughs> He's right there, dude. Yeah, dude. It, this was such a fucking crazy twist. <laughs> like, 
Um, <clears throat> like what a twist! This movie... <laughs> <laughs> what a twist! Um, M Night Shyamalan was shitting his britches right now. <laughs> he was so shocked. Fuck! Um, that was no, insane. but yeah, like I, <laughs> I could have fucking made that. God damn it! Um, no, yeah, but it was just crazy how. Uh, up until this point in the movie, like I was invested, but I was like, just like, what the, where is this going? I don't get it. And then finally at the end, the big reveal that this is totally just Henry's imagination as he's dying on the road. Um, it was like a big smack in the face of like, oh yeah, no shit. That makes sense. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought it was such a fucking crazy ass twist. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's so crazy, like how much sense it kind of all makes when you realize like, oh fuck, he's like his, he's dying. Like his, his, he's losing a lot of blood. Like he, he probably isn't even really aware where he's at. Like this all makes sense. Well, with that, with the ending spoiled for all of you, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and give it a rating. Uh, Emilio, give me like a final summary of your feelings about the movie and then give it a rating from one to five. It is confusing. There is a lot going on, but I think as long as you really just pay attention and are very open-minded to this film, the ending definitely pays off. And it pays off in a way where it's emotional and it kind of just gets you out of, it hits you out of nowhere. Um, Ryan Gosling is honestly really, really good in this film, especially at the ending. Um it's super emotional. Like I caught myself crying just because I was really feeling for this character, Henry. And I was thinking while watching this, like what what would I be thinking? Like, how would I be processing this? Like, what would I be saying to somebody as I'm going through this? Um, I, it is a little convoluted. It is a little all over the place, which can be, a little hard to understand at times. So it's definitely not the greatest, but I would definitely give it like, I would say a 4.2 out of five. Yeah. That's a very respectable score. Um, I think when I was watching this movie that I thought it was going to suck. I thought it was going to be like an M night Shyamalan twist kind of rip off, but I did find the twist to be really fucking good. And it caught me off guard. Like you said, like it was really emotional even though this is a thriller and up to up until this point, like a lot of what was going on was really suspenseful. Like the ending is such a fucking tearjerker. Like I feel so bad for the main character, Henry. Um, I think Ryan Gosling does an awesome performance. It's really cool to see him play opposite of Ewan McGregor, who's another actor that I love very much. Um, I think this is a very interesting movie and um, I got to give it a five out of five. So I'm going to give it a five out of five. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so in the pantheon of Ryan Gosling movies, S being the best all the way down to an F, where are you going to place this one? Honestly, definitely an S or even a, yeah, yeah, I would give it an S tier for sure. You can really see how diverse um, Ryan Gosling's roles were before the notebook. And <laughs> And um, <laughs> sorry, the listeners for some reason a thumbs up emoji keeps popping up on my screen, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's telling you that you're doing a good job. 
<laughs> Good job, buddy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, also like that that ending, uh, that performance in the end was very captivating, and yeah, it's definitely up there with some of his performances that I think are fantastic. So definitely S tier. Nice. Um, I'm gonna be a little bit reserved and give it give it an A. Um, I like this movie a lot. I think it's very interesting, but when I compare it to like the movies that I really love from him, like Place Beyond the Pines or The Nice Guys, I think this is just a very interesting movie that's executed really well and pretty underrated. So I'm going to give it an A. So still pretty damn good. Um, so last thing, are we literally him? Do you literally see yourself as Henry, this little emo boy? <laughs> Uh, honestly, I mean, no. Um, if you kind of think about it, we don't learn a lot about Henry's character. Uh, we barely get any background as to like who these people are in this fever dream that he's going through just to realize that, um, he's dying. And that's kind of all the, um, that's kind of the only characterization we kind of really get from him. Um, would I feel guilty if I were in a car accident and everyone in the car died except me? Yeah. But then he ultimately dies too. So I guess it's all even. But yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, if I got in a car crash and I died, but I got to meet you and McGregor right before I died, I I wouldn't go for it, but I would consider it for a few seconds. <laughs> um, but that being said, I do not literally see myself as him. Um, most because he's a really sad, depressed person, but also because uh, Emilio is going to be late to work if we don't end the episode right now. So <laughs> we're going to end the episode right now. Sorry, right, uh, you guys should give us a late. rating. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should give us a rating. Amelia, what should they rate us? Uh, five out of five. Unless you like um, goth emo Ryan Gosling, then maybe not. Maybe a four out of five. <laughs> Unless you like M Night Shyamalan like crazy, maybe you should give us <laughs> a one out of five. What a twist! What a twist! <laughs> 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 All right, I'll see you next time. Bye.